Hey there, it's Pastor Kofi Darate, and you're tuned into my podcast. Here you're going to hear life-giving messages and conversations that will take your vision, your destiny, and your purpose to the next level. I pray that you're blessed. Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people verse 36 please let's read this but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with what compassion for them because there they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd 37 then he said to his disciples read this with me one two three and let's go all right that's only this side all right let's 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 get a surround sound all right one two three and go uh-huh Whoa, let's stop right there. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I'm going to preach almost a part two of what I started on Monday at Algonquin College. What an awesome time we had there at Algonquin College on Monday. God bless all the team, Pastor Tiff and everybody, all the leaders. God bless you. Incredible time, incredible worship, incredible hospitality. I love what God is doing on my campus. God is moving in a real way. God bless all of you. It, it says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful. In other words, there is so much harvest. There is so much that God wants to do. There is so much of growth. There is so much of people there are so many things that the Lord is unleashing but Jesus himself saw a problem he said the problem wasn't with the growth of the church the problem was with the laborers that were few he says but the laborers are few next verse therefore Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out, what does that say? Like, to send out what? Come on, one more time. Send out what? To send out laborers into his harvest. The problem is not if God will dish out. The problem is if you would be a great steward of what God is doing in your life. The issue is if God or as God begins to dish out, pour out, do what he's going to do. It's not an issue or a shortage of the blessing of God. It's an issue of those that would steward the blessing. God will always do things in your life that shocks you. But it's up for you to be a great steward of what he places in your life. Are you here? Are you sure you're here? You're awfully quiet tonight. Tonight's not that type of night. Tap your neighbor. Say neighbor. Listen, I just came from London. Don't grab the word out of you. I can't do this. Come on. I said, I need some rowdy people. Are you here? Okay. Because here in this church, we get excited about the word, don't we? All right. All right. All right. So he said that, that laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. Who are laborers? 
In order for us to understand what Jesus was saying, the, uh, there was a lack thereof, we have to understand the definition of what a laborer is. According to the scriptures, or according to uh, just definition's sake, a laborer is an individual who will work with great effort, toiling and grinding away. Let me say it one more time. A laborer is an individual who will work with great effort, toiling or grinding away. In other words, a laborer is an individual who will work and continue to work irrespective of what is happening around them, they'll begin to put themselves together because they know what is at stake. Labor is an individual that denies themselves. Labor is an individual that says, for this cause, I will go. For this cause, I will die. The labor is an individual that says that I know that there are many distractions that are around, but I force myself to be faithful to my call because I understand that this is a season of harvest. Can I tell you that God is pouring out into your life in an incredible way in this season? There's not just a harvest of souls in the church. There's a harvest of blessing in your life. Your amen is weak. I said there's a harvest of blessing in your life. There is a harvest of favor in your life. There is a harvest of, of great, great grace in your life. There is a harvest in your life. But because there's a harvest, it means that there needs to be laborers, individuals that will toil for the harvest that is there. God can't just give it to you. You have to not just receive it, but you have to be a steward of it. God gives harvest to those that he trusts with harvest. Be sure. So that's why he says, let us therefore pray to the Lord that sent the harvest to also send faithful people who will labor in the vineyard or else we will have harvest but not enough laborers to stand up to do that which God is intending to do in a land, in a space, in a people, in a family, in a region. So my prayer is that God would send laborers, not just to this church, but laborers to your life, to your vision. Laborers to your business. Laborers, laborers in your life. Listen, people that will come to say, what do you need done? I'm ready to labor. I'm ready to toil for the vision that God has placed in you. I don't know what it is that you need, but I'm ready to toil for the vision. I'm ready to toil. What is the criteria of a laborer? Number one. You could write this down. Number one, according to Acts 9, this is what the Lord revealed to me. That laborers, number one, that God sends to your life. Or laborers that God sends towards a vision. Because you have to understand that every laborer is sent because of a burden that is placed. So when God dishes out burdens, that's what I taught on Monday. When God dishes out burdens, he will also empower laborers. People who will toil in the vineyard for the harvest that God is sending. Making sense? So because that's the case, we need to know the criteria of our labor because there's some people that God has sent to your life to help labor in your vision that you don't even know are there. So God is going to allow us to reveal some of these individuals. You ready? All right, number one. Laborers, number one. Laborers do not always look the part. They don't always look the part. Number one. They don't always look the part. In Acts the ninth chapter, the Bible says, and... 
there was a man by the name of Saul who later became Paul. The Bible says on the road to Damascus, of course, you understand, he, a light from heaven shone down from heaven and that light began to speak to him to say, you know, you know why are you persecuting me and all these types of things. And, and all of a sudden now this Saul who was a Pharisee, a Saul who was persecuting Christians now becomes the Paul that we know that has written so much of the Bible. Understand this, that I'm, I know for a fact that when God spoke to Ananias, the faithful believer, and said, this guy is coming to your house, house him, train him, lay hands on him, and send him forth, Ananias could not believe that somebody of that stature would have such a radical transformation. The laborers God sends don't have to look the part. The laborers that God sends to your life don't always have to have it all together on the outside. Isn't it God the other day that said that, listen, men look at the outward, but I look at the heart. Could it be that you're discrediting some laborers because they don't look like they could be laborers? Could it be? Could it be that people that God are trying to send to your life to bless your life, you're neglecting them because they don't look the part? Could it be that the answer to your prayer is somebody, but because they don't look like the package, you discredit them? I know a lot of people that have missed out on heavenly kingdom marriages because their person didn't look the part. I know a lot of people who missed out on business deals because the business deal didn't look the part. I know people who didn't go to a city that God was sending them because the city didn't look the part. It doesn't have to look the part. The package doesn't have to look the part. As long as God is sending that person and in your spirit you know that there are laborers sent to your vision, accept them and receive them. So God is sending laborers. And number one, the number one criteria of a laborer that we're discussing is that laborers, number one, do not always have to what? Look the part. Number two, you're with me still. Number two, laborers don't have to have a pedigree. A pedigree. What does that mean? Pedigree means that laborers don't literally, don't, don't, don't always have to have, you know, degrees and status and those type of things or, or come from a, 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 a rich home or an affluent home for them to be a laborer or a helper or a divine helper as some people would refer to this as or an individual God is sending to your life to help you or an individual that God is calling towards a vision that God has placed in you. Laborers, they, 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 they don't always have to have a pedigree. How do I know this? First Kings chapter 17. And the Bible says that Elijah shows up on the scene and Elijah says to Ahab, it will neither, it won't rain for the next three years. And it would only rain at my word. Apostle, this is interesting. Because prior to this scripture, we never heard of Elijah. We don't know where he's come from. Of course, he had a tribe. Of course, he had, we could trace it to some degree. However, we, didn't, we don't hear of him prophesying before that moment. So where did he come from? There are some people that show up on the scene and they're sent to help you that don't have university or college degrees. There are people that God sends to your life that don't necessarily have to have the best framework. They don't necessarily have to have the best background, but they have the heart for the vision. They're called laborers. God is raising kingdom laborers tonight. I'm telling you, he's raising kingdom labor. You may be looking at your life to say, there's no way that God can do with me what people see in me. You discredit yourself because you believe that you don't have the criteria to be a servant in the house of God. 
to be used of God. You don't feel as though you have all it takes. You don't feel like you look the part. You don't have the pedigree for it. But, but yet still, people keep telling you that you have something on your life. Ain't that ever get annoying? When people tell you have something on your life that you can't see yourself? Make this side is not with me. Has that ever happened to this side? Where people tell you some stuff that about you that you don't even realize about your own self. And sometimes that gets frustrating and upsetting because everybody says, I see the anointing on your life. I see that you will do great things. And you go left and somebody's speaking the word of the Lord to you. And you go right and someone's speaking the word of the Lord to you. And it's like everybody can see it but you. And for some of us, that is how our year has been. For some of us, that's how our last year has been. That there's oil on your life. God has called you to do something, but you can't see it. And everybody talks to you about it, but you can't see that God is calling you to be a laborer. God sent me tonight to awaken some laborers. That's why I came here. Tonight, God sent me to raise some kingdom men. Some, he sent me here to raise some people that are going to change the trajectory of the nation, change the trajectory of their families. God sent me to, to raise some people that will be laborers for visions, some people that will be laborers for different things and different aspects. The Lord said, go there tonight and raise for me laborers, people that will toil in the vineyard, people that don't look the part, but they're called, people that don't seem the part, but they got oil, people that don't look like got it all together but they're anointed and God said go to CR tonight and tell them I'm raising people with no pedigree I'm raising people who don't look the part I'm raising men who don't have five years of ministry experience I'm raising men tonight I'm raising men tonight listen I'm not waiting for you to get onto my level before I start making decrees. I'm, I'm overriding you. I'm overriding you tonight. Because your energy level is not matching the word in my spirit. I'm telling you. Your reaction is not matching my fire. Tonight, God said he's raising laborers in this building. Someone shout! Listen. You may be a church worker. You're not yet a laborer. You may be what? A church worker. But you're not yet what? A laborer. Because when you work in the church, it's great. When you work in a vision, it's great. You know, you can go to work and you can, you know, just do the work you're doing. You're just doing manual labor. That's what they call it, right? Manual. That's not truly manual labor. What you're doing is you're working and you're expanding and expousing physical energy. But to be a laborer means you have the mentality and the heart towards the vision. So I'm not here tonight to come here to speak to individuals who are going to work. I'm here to speak to individuals who are called to labor. You know when a woman is in labor, she toils. A woman's in labor, she's carrying something. Every laborer carries something. But let me tell you this. Before a laborer can birth what's in them, they have to serve someone else. So what triggers your labor? What triggers that baby? What triggers your water to break? Is when you served another man's vision until God gives you your own to what you carry is birth and broken. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
And so we're not here for church workers. We're here for what? Labor. Laborers have the mind. They're mentally tough. Laborers do not succumb when they hear different sounds. Laborers don't quit church because of gossip. Laborers don't go to the next church because they're not being used. Laborers wait until God says it's now your time to birth what you've been carrying. What triggers your birth is when you serve another vision. Tonight God said go and raise laborers. labor yes definitely labor is physically intensive but a lot of people are expanding energy without revelation you're working five days a week without revelation ah, ah. you're serving as an usher without revelation so to you it's just I come to church I do what I have to do oh you wait for me tomorrow's team night right Yo, you, tomorrow, tomorrow will be hot we start tonight you see you're expanding energy, you're working, you're doing things. You're doing things. But you don't have the heart or the mind for the work. You're physically expanding energy. But tonight God says, go and raise not workers, go and raise laborers. That will toil in the vineyard. For the harvest is plentiful, but what are few? Because laboring is intensive. People like the life of a laborer. They don't like the work of a laborer. They like you travel, you preach, you go here, you do this. You know, people come to you, they bless you, they open door. You, do, you like what you see, but you don't know the work. You know what time I went to bed this morning? 6 a.m. When some of you were waking up. Is when I, Pastor David, were we not texting through the night? I was even shocked he was up because that's my work hours. I was 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I'm sure Pastor Naomi was like, what? why are you still texting PK? 3 a.m. We're talking, what were we talking about? The work. You're even shocked, like, it's 3 a.m. You just came back from London. Why are you thinking about the work? While I was in London, wasn't I texting you? And London time was 4 a.m. And I was texting you, we need to do this, we need to do that. Okay, watch this, watch that. Because when you're a laborer, everything about your life becomes consumed by the work. Oh, God. Everything about your life is consumed by the vision. Some of you, the reason why you haven't experienced explosion in business, you're not a laborer. You're a worker. You haven't, you haven't. Listen, the reason why you keep failing that course is because you're working in that class. You're not laboring. Are you here? Somebody said, hey! You're, lab you're not laboring. You're, what? you're working in that class. You're not laboring in that class. There's an element of labor that, yes, includes work. However, all you're doing is going to class, coming back home, going to class, coming back home. You call your mom. Did you go to class today? Yes, I went to class today. You're working. And when you begin to work in a place where you should be laboring, you enter into what I call autopilot. Autopilot is when you're on cruise control. You just do and go through the motions, but you're not laboring. That's why some people, they have the Instagram pile and they have the scripture there. And on TikTok, they have the scripture there. You're working in your faith. You're not laboring in your faith. That's why Paul says, I, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He labored in the word. He didn't do 
what he wanted to do he did what he had to do a lot of us want to do ministry on our terms ministry is not done on our terms ministry is done on his terms we are his servants we are his laborers we do his bid we do his oh my god ah someone shout i'm a laborer I looked at my schedule for the year and for the first time I'm tired for myself and I'm not saying this from an arrogant standpoint no I like to be home those that know me know I like to stay home but there comes a point where when you have served enough that you're in your season of birthing whether you like it or not even though the woman would like to be home and eat pizza she has no choice but to enter labor. You have to push. Anissa, when you gave birth to your, to your baby girl, to Lavia, I'm sure you would have rather been at home just relaxing, right? Just eating food. No, no, come, 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 so you can actually need to hear your voice. Right, you would have loved to do that, right? Yes. I'm sure you, she said, yes. You would have loved to just be eating. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite food? Huh? Sushi? Any sushi lovers here? God bless you. She would have rather been at home eating what? Sushi. Chilling. And watching some TV, right? Maybe. Or, 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 or watching some worship sermons. Yeah, I know you. Watching some sermons and, you know, maybe watching Jesus Image and Michael Cullianos and hanging out and just, God, I love you right however someone say however when your water broke you had no choice <laughs> some people are moving ahead of their due date that's why you're in difficulties you're not you're not in your season of birthing yet you're moving like you're birthing it's not your season to preach yet you're preaching it's not your season to teach yet you're teaching and let me tell you this when a woman goes into labor before her time what does the hospital do Nick they send them back home. Somebody say, Aye! This year I'm not playing with you. This year we have to take territories. This year we have to take nations. I'm not playing with you 2024. There are things we have to do. Souls we need to win. I'm looking for people that are saying, Pastor, I'm a laborer. Whether you like it or not, Bishop, when it's the season of birthing, even though you'd want to do something else, you have no choice. Eh, you have no choice. You have no choice. Biology says, anatomy says, that when you're carrying a child, even when you don't want to, you have no choice. The baby will come by itself. The baby will come by itself. It will just come. You know what happens? When you start doing things ahead of your season, when imagine if Anissa was nine months pregnant and she was still running around doing things. You know, but when you get to a certain point of pregnancy, you can't even fly. You know that, right? You can't enter a plane when you get into a certain couple of weeks. Or you didn't know. You can't. You can't travel. There are some restrictions you have because of what you're carrying. You don't know your restrictions. That's why you keep aborting your babies. boarding your vision 
because you're going ahead of God you're ahead of God am I communicating the gospel tonight you're ahead of God so you keep aborting what God gave you because there's a season of birthing if it's not your due date sit down and wait until your due date there's a certain level of strength that you need when it's your birthing season because you need strength to push don't burn yourself out in a season before you get the strength you need to push in your season hear what I'm saying God is raising laborers God is raising laborers I said God is raising laborers please be seated three right three right all right I'm telling you, I've just been told the stream is, is messing up. You know why? Because the devil doesn't want people to hear this message. A message on laboring? Oh God. He wants you to be a worker. Just to be a worker. To be a worker. No. You're a laborer. You labor in the vineyard. You labor. We have a different lifestyle. Laborers are, they're tied to the altar. Laborers are like Nazarites. Laborers, they have different restrictions. They have certain foods that they don't eat. You hear with me? Number three, right? All right. Exodus 3. Laborers must have awe for the Lord. Laborers must have awe. In other words, they must have reverence for what they do. Moses was walking in the bush and the Bible says he saw a bush that was burning but yet not consumed. He went towards that bush and God began to speak to him out of that bush. It became something that was an intimate moment. He says, take off your sandals where you stand here is holy ground in Exodus chapter 3. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all those verses. You begin to see it. That Moses now stands there and he's having a conversation from the burning bush and God is speaking to him about his future, about what he's carrying in this bush area but he had to stand in awe the Bible says he looked in amazement of what he saw there is something that laborers need because Moses was going to go on to be able to take the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness yes he didn't enter where he should have entered he shouldn't enter the promised land but he took them through the wilderness he raised men he raised Joshua in the wilderness he labored he he was looking over millions of people taking them out of the hands of Pharaoh so understand this that even at that point he had to have some on reverence it was only until he looked again at the bush that God began to speak to him the scripture is very clear I don't have time to go into it. that's why I'm not reading it it's when he looked again. There's something that happens in the second look that you didn't get the first time. That's why many times we're reading our Bible. It's not just the first read. Sometimes it's what the second read. Sometimes it's the third read, the fourth read, the fifth. Because there's sometimes there's some things you miss when you do it. So God waited for Moses to look again. And then he spoke. There was an awe. There was an amazement. There was an awestruckness. This, there was this reverence, this intimacy. There was this special beauty that God is looking for you to have as a laborer in his vineyard. But of course, even within your own visions and as you serve other people's visions and projects and whichever. There was an excitement about the work. There's nothing more annoying than leading people who don't want to go. There's nothing more frustrating 
than leading people who don't want to hear what you have to say. It's because you're speaking, their ears are open but their hearts are closed. You're speaking, their bodies are here but their minds are far. There's nothing more frustrating than preaching, teaching, leading. I've lived through seasons of that. L leading people who don't want to be led. <laughs> they don't want to be led. They don't want to be taught. They don't want to do anything, but they're not leaving. They're there. There's nothing more frustrating. But when awe comes upon you, awe is within the realm of passion. So when you become passionate about the work, that's when you receive a type of joy and strength to build. Because when somebody is passionate about something, I, I've, 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 I've yet to meet somebody who is very passionate, Pastor Christelle, about something so passionate, but not joyful about the work. I'm, I don't know, maybe you've met somebody like that. I'm yet to meet somebody who is very passionate, yet they're upset. Like... I love this. Oh, I'm so excited about what I have to do. But they're generally passionate. No, because passion and joy and awe are in the same family. Do you know what I'm saying? And if the scripture is true, which it is, the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. So our strength to build, our strength to do is found in our joy. Our joy is within the same family as our awe, as our passion. So when we're passionate about what we do and we're doing it with joy, we find strength. So you can be a laborer that doesn't look the part, doesn't have the pedigree. You can be a laborer that, you know, that's doing all the stuff. But without that awe, you don't have strength. So you come to church, you're here with your feet but you have no excitement about the word, no excitement about the vision, no excitement about what God is doing, no excitement about, no, listen, me, when I wake up in the morning, I put my feet down on the ground, I make declarations, and I'm happy. I say, God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in my season. Thank you, Lord, that I'm walking in abundance. I'm moving with the speed of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Sometimes I even put on some music, I start dancing. I love that. Someone caught a revelation. I start dancing. I start rejoicing because I have to be excited about what I'm building. I gotta be excited about it. Why do I go to bed at 6 30? Because I'm excited about my vision. I, I was so excited. I didn't realize the time was 6 a.m. I took pages and pages and I was writing and pages and pages and pages. Because listen, you may not be a visionary of a business or of a church, but you're the visionary of your life. You must be excited about what God is doing in your life. You may not be leading a church, but you're leading your family. You're leading your life. You're leading your education. You're leading, your, you're leading yourself. You're leading your partner. You're leading your wife. You're leading your husband. You're leading... So you, you have to be excited. You have to be excited about what you're doing. You have to operate within the realm of awe. Okay, number four, right? Number four. Number four. Hebrews 12 and 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Let's go there. Hebrews 12, 2. You have it up there. 
All right. Someone help me up there. Thank you. One, two, three, and go. Let's read it. Looking unto Jesus. What? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know what that scripture is saying, church? The scripture is saying this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. So that means that what? There was shame. That means that, you know, there was all these things. People were despising him. People were shaming him. People were misaligning him. People were misusing him. There were so many things that were happening in his current context, his current day. However, what kept him going was keeping his eyes on what? On the author and the finisher of the faith that he had. Who what? For the joy set before him. So even though he was enduring the cross, his attention wasn't on his current circumstance. His attention was on the joy set before him. Laborers don't look at the context of today. They have to have vision for the joy of tomorrow. The joy of tomorrow. Today, you know, my mom always used to tell me this all the time. Mom used to tell me, she said, you know, I used to go to her, I said, mom, I don't like this topic. I'm like, why do we have to study, you know, science? I'm never going to use it. Why am I, like, mom, I'm never going to use quadratic equations. Like, I'm not going to use a pie chart. I will never have to use it in what I'm doing to know how to draw a pie, how to draw a circle, the circumference, the diameter, diameter is it? I forgot. The radius. I, I don't need, like, I'm not going to use this in anything that I'm doing. And my mom always used to tell me, she said, Kofi, sometimes you got to do what you don't like to do what you do like. Ugh. I hated when she said that. Sometimes you got to do what you don't like to do what you do like. In other words, he says, sometimes you have to endure where you are because of where you're going. So today it looks rough, but endure it. Your labor, you're building towards a vision. You're going to have a multi-million dollar business, but you look into your account, you have only $500. Don't worry. Set your attention on things above. Colossians tells us this in chapter 3. Setting our attention on things that are above, of eternal value. Understand this. That looks in your current circumstance is not going to always last forever. You're building towards a mark. Let me give you the last one. Acts chapter 16 talks about the Macedonian call that Paul and Silas received. Understand this, that number five, laborers go where they are sent, not where they desire to go. God will order your steps. The steps of the righteous are what? Ordered by God. Ordered by God. The steps of the righteous are ordered by God. So the scripture says, so when it comes to being a laborer, and where you go, you don't go where you decide. You go where you are sent to go. It's the criteria of a laborer. The criteria of a laborer. You go where you're sent. Because of time, I'm going to shut it now. Let's go through all the five points and then we'll, I'll recap. Okay, number one was what? Laborers don't always have to what? Look the part. Number two, laborers don't have to have a pen. Number three, laborers must have great, great. Number four, laborers must keep their eyes. Okay, well, I'll give you the point. Laborers must keep their eyes on the prize. So eyes on the joy, okay? And number five, laborers go where they are sent. Where they are sent. Where they are sent. Where they are sent. I don't have time today. Next week, I will 
teach on how to survive as a laborer. How to survive as a laborer. Because I didn't get to get into it. That was going to be actually the message that I was going to preach was how to survive as a laborer. But I believe that we've been fed. I believe that there's more than enough. The Lord is speaking to us today about about the call to not work, but the call to labor in his vineyard. The call because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pastor David and myself were even talking about another location, stuff that we want to do, and we were busting our brains because we couldn't locate a laborer. So we said, you know what, let's just push that because we can't find laborers. Anybody you find that you believe want to labor are more focused on what they're carrying. than about how to serve. If you're not faithful in what is another man's, how will God give you your own? The scripture is, they that are faithful in what is another man's. In due season, God will give them their own. We live in a very selfish generation where people are more interested in what they can do than in how they can help. God is raising laborers. Let's be on our feet. I'm finished. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in and hearing this podcast episode. I trust that God transformed your life and took your life to the next level by something that was said or conversation that was had. Well, I cannot wait to connect with you online on any of our social media platforms at Kofi Darte. Until next time.